My name is Joanne Averson, and this is the podcast, Pain Removed, Performance Improved. Okay, I am absolutely delighted to welcome my friend and colleague from Brazil, Anna Otsubo, to the podcast, this episode, Pain Removed, Performance Improved. And Anna is a physiotherapist and a master Pilates teacher. Oh, my God, her work is beautiful. And she brought fascia connectors into the world, which I'm going to ask you about, Anna. But first of all, hello and how lovely to see you. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much. I'm very, very happy to be here. Um, And I'm very delighted to, to participate in your podcast. Well, Pain Removed, Performance Improved, you are so dedicated to improving performance. And we'll talk about your latest effort to make a difference in the world, because you don't just do it on a personal level or a local level to the people in your classes, lucky, lucky creatures that they are, but you do it on a global level. So I just love that. That's one of the things I love about you. And I know when we first met, I was just fascinated by this bundle of bright energy and inquiry and excitement and so first of all before we go any further what is it about the world of fascia that fascinated you as a physiotherapist um i guess uh, fascia answered a lot of questions that i had throughout my career and uh, i got lots of answers through fascia through the knowledge of fascia And what really um, gets me is that fascia is about the whole body. You know, we think about integration of the whole body and the whole being. So that really moves me, you know, and gets my attention. And uh, I believe that through fascia also, I could meet lots of wonderful people. So this connection is not only in the body, in our system, but it's it's there, you know, with connecting people and we're, we are able to, to talk with different people and share ideas, share knowledge. So that, that's really important for me too. I love that idea. So what you're saying, and I, I, I can see Anna, but you guys are only hearing her. So she just did this whole like global gesture, like, so what you're kind of saying is the, the the world wide web within us and the world wide web around us. And that's what fascinates exactly. you because it, you know, and John Sharkey talks about the outer cosmos and the inner cosmos. And I think fascia is uh, <laughs> the connecting tissue, right? Exactly. Uh, I first got so, to know a little bit more about fascia when I was living in the States in 1992 And I I did a training with John Barnes, and he talks about uh, his technique, which is called myofascial release. That was my first contact with fascia. Mm -hmm. But then uh, I I was working in the U.S. as a physical therapist in the hospital setting, uh, and I started to use this manual therapy technique from John Barnes. But after 2015, when I really got the chance to do a fascia training um, course, I could realize that uh, fascia was really, really important also for movement therapists, movement professionals, not only for manual therapy, but as a mover. Uh, So that's another important time for me, 2015. 
um, 15 when I did this training. So did you do, when did you decide to add Pilates to your physio, physical wow. therapy? So I, I, I graduated and I went um, direct to the States to work as a physical therapist in a hospital setting. And I stayed there for almost 10 years. Then I came back to Brazil and I kept working in a hospital. Then after 12 years of working in a hospital with orthopedic patients uh, post-surgery, I was a little bit tired of that, you know, um, that setting. And I decided to do something different. And all of a sudden, Pilates was growing a lot in my country. And I decided to take uh, Pilates instructor training. And um, this was in 2006, and I was very, very surprised with the with the technique. I loved the, the the training, and I decided to leave the hospital and open my own studio. So this was in 2006, and I started to work with with uh, Pilates. Um, so this is how that evolved. So did you combine? movement and manual therapy or did you leave manual therapy behind just come from the experience of it and inform your pilates from your experience i combined both and i think that this was my uh, biggest differential because most of my referrals were still from the hospital like after the after the patient was discharged from the hospital the the doctor will say okay now you go to Anna to follow up with some exercise and some activities um, maybe a little bit of rehabilitation post-hospital and and then so I was combining manual therapy and also Pilates I can say that I never did uh like I was never working only with Pilates because I'm a physical therapist. So I was also putting my knowledge from physical therapy. I was also putting my manual therapy and I was using Pilates as a tool to rehabilitate my clients. And I'm, I'm going to ask you this because, you know, I, I share it with you in a very, well, not a different field. They overlap. I structural integration with Tom Myers and yoga and yoga therapy. So very similar kind of modus operandi, even if we used slightly different tools. But when you began to see this fabulous difference that the integration made, what do you remember what it was that sparked you off to to bring the whole idea of fascia forward, as it were? I'm I'm going back a few years now. I think round about the time when I first met you online, that you it was as if someone had ignited you. I mean, you were just lit up. So, can you remember? Was there an occasion or a client or a situation that arose that made you suddenly say? I want this fascia information out in the world. There's, there's more to this, What, not just locally to my clients. Do you remember what sparked that? Yes. Um, there, there, was a, there is a doctor in the hospital that I used to work in Brazil, and uh, she's a physiatrist. And she asked me, Anna, uh, I don't know exactly what you are doing with, the, with my patients, but they are really getting well. And, you know, I think you should invest on this. So that was the first thing that got me moving towards fascia. And, and then I'm a, 
I'm a very curious person. Like I always like to know something new. And I decided to, to follow my instincts. There was something missing still in my treatments. And I, I needed to investigate that. And I got the answers through fascia. So I decided to go out of the world and study more fascia. I went so many times to, to Europe in order to study with different people. I also went to the U.S. I did a dissection course with Gil. Um, so I invested a lot in knowledge, studying abroad. And, and then, then, then it was important for me because... I realized something, Joe. In my country, Brazil, it is a poor country. And most of the people, they don't have the chance to study English. So everything that comes with the English, it's difficult for them because they don't understand, you know. And, and I said, you know, I have to help these people and I have to get this knowledge accessible to Brazil. So little by little, in a very humble way, I started doing some interviews like I did with you with John and I would translate the interview and get it accessible to to the Brazilian crowd and I started to realize that first of all they were very thankful for that and there was a big interest people wanted to know more and uh, this really motivates me because I can feel that Brazilians, they want to learn more and they are really engaged, as you saw in the, in the Congress. So I said, you know, I want to offer this to, to the Brazilian. And one of my friends, one day she asked me, I was doing the anatomy training course in Madrid with Karen Gertner. And she asked me, she's a Brazilian girl. She said, and what do you intend with fascia in Brazil? I said, you know what I intend with fascia in Brazil? I want to spread the word about fascia. I want the Brazilian people to be able to know all these wonderful um, people that are teaching fascia all over the world. So I want to bring this, this to Brazil and make it accessible. And I think that's what, that's what I'm aiming for. Make knowledge accessible in my country. Um, even if it's in English, we can translate and have them involved in this learning process. And this, I mean, this is so wonderful because what's ironic about this is part of my love of movement is that I, I have this thing that we can't entirely segregate movement into sections. We can't say yoga movement is better than or different to Pilates or Pilates is doing because dance is, we're dancing, right? We're formalizing different ways of dancing. And one of my closest friends is a salsa teacher. And what's her favorite place to go? Brazil. And so it's like the dance that we do. And, and I, I just, I have this beautiful memory in March, 2019 of you. I was in Canada and you walked up to me with a gift and you placed it in my hand. And it was, uh, can I say what it was? Yeah, yeah it, sure. It, it was, it, you just said to me, this has been handmade for you by a monk. And it was prayer beads. And I cannot tell you, I stood there in that moment, holding your hand, holding my hands with those beads. And for me, it was symbolic of this round the world connection. And it, what it does is it changes. It changes the idea of what do I know to how can I serve with this knowledge? Mm -hmm. 
it strings us all together, literally and symbolically. That is one of my most precious possessions. It, it, it hangs in a place of honour over a mirror, so it's reflected back at me every day. It's just, you know, the, the, my dressing table, it's, it's there. And I just look at it and I, God bless you, because you, 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 you don't look old enough for the many years of experience you're describing, because I'm looking at you thinking, she's, she's just not old enough to spend that many years in America and that many years, and I know how long it takes to tra- train to be a physical therapist. So I'm not even going to ask you how old you are, but you don't look old enough. And the light of that intensity, and I remember you in Montreal, uh, I beg your pardon, in Vancouver. Thank you. Sorry, Wilbur. Uh, that that um, original summit was came out of a conversation at the British Fascist Symposium between me, John Sharkey, and Wilbur Kelsick. And Robert Schleip came up and joined us. And Robert said, what are you three talking about? And I said, oh, I'm just doing my usual, Robert. I'm moaning that mm-hmm. movement is not an intellectual process. I wrote it in my first book, which came to being thanks to Robert Schleip. And I said, it's not an intellectual process. And I am sitting here with a numb bottom because I've been sat in that room for hour after hour after hour listening to people telling me about movement. What is wrong with doing it? And Wilbur said, man, we've just got to get this show on the road. You know what he's like, just let's do it. And John was sitting there laughing and Robert said, I'm in. So that is how that summit came about. And of course, we talked about it as the Biotensegrity Summit, because for us, that is a move towards wholeness, describing the body as a whole, not just as a stacked classical version of parts, but a tension compression system. Mm -hmm. So what happened for you in your understanding of fascia in Vancouver? Because I know you were buzzing, you were like a little star with your eyes bright and running around with like so excited. I mean, you and uh, lots of people like Joe Fee and, you know, Fran Phillips and, oh, I can't tell you, it, there was such an atmosphere. Christine Wushki was there. Anybody I'm not mentioning in this who's there and who's out there that I haven't mentioned, forgive me. I, I'm thinking of you. I'm sending you love. Trudy Austin gave me this beautiful tube that, that I use for the for my second edition. And oh my goodness, I met so many lovely people there. And you were one of the lights, the stars. What happened in that summit for you? Okay, so I was very, very happy when I saw that the summit was about practice. It was not only about lecture, but it was about putting into action. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I have to go. I have to go. And then I saw your name. I saw John Sharkey and Wilbur was organizing. So I called up seven friends in Brazil and I told them, you have to go with me. And they went with me. They say, okay, I'm trusting you. I will go with you. So seven of us went to Vancouver. And I remember it was March. Uh, it was cold for us. Um, and on the... It's in the summer, us, Anna. Yeah? <laughs> it was cold for us. It was freezing. Yes. 
And in the summit, I, I realized, you know, uh, this is really, really important. And this, this makes sense because they are talking about something and then we are seeing the action. We are seeing this translated into movement. And it was very inspiring for me, Joe, this, because I realized how important it is for us movement uh, therapists to go to a summit and enjoy a lecture, a, a theoretical part, but also and mainly the practice. And, and when, I, when I experienced all that, I came back to Brazil and I said, you know, we have to do this in Brazil because this makes sense. You know, it doesn't make sense for me now to go to a, a, a congress and sit there, as you well said, and just hear. And I don't know what can I, how can I translate this into movement, all this research. And you guys were doing that in Canada. So that really inspired me to do the Biotensegrity Congress that I did this year. You know, putting the theoretical part and translating it into movement. And I, I saw and I had lots of feedback that people really enjoyed that. Because as a movement practitioner, this is what is missing. We need to move. We need to go to a congress and understand how can we apply this into movement. Well, I have to bow to you because that congress was huge. I mean, it was huge. And what you took on was far more than the individuals who play parts in this whole process. You took on something, you really, you took the baton and you ran with it. And I just want to ask you personally, Anna, how long did it actually take you to pull this together? I mean, the hours, I know you just took a holiday. I bet you needed twice as long for that because this is totally inspired by you wanting to make a difference to people in Brazil, right? Because I remember when you phoned me and you said, it's no good making it £2,000 a day to come. This is just not going to happen. How can we do this in such a way that people contribute their time, their energy, their effort and their focus and, and the thought that was behind it? So can you just take us behind the scenes a little bit as to what went into how many bits of the puzzle did you have to bring together because you did the whole thing in two languages so wow well um i have to be really honest it was uh, a big work you know uh, i it, i started doing this in january and uh the translation part was really really uh, lots of work we translated more than 20 lectures and then, uh, of course, the idea of putting a theoretical part followed by uh, practice, it was also a work because I have to combine two people and they work, so it makes sense. Um, another thing was uh, how to explore biotensegrity in a, in a simple yet, way, yet sophisticated, because most of the Brazilian biotensegrity is something really new for them. So we we can't start. We can't talk about biotensegrity as we are talking in research with all that fancy language. It has to be something accessible. So that yeah. was important for me to make it understandable for everybody. And after the congress, they would have the feeling whoa, this is really interesting. I want to follow up with these studies. 
Um, but it was worth it. And throughout the, the whole process, I even asked myself, I said, you know, I'm, this is, this is a big work for me. And I'm, I was asking myself, why am I doing this? And I always got this answer. I'm doing this because I want this to be accessible for the Brazilians. And lots of people even asked me after it, they said, was it worth it? And I said, yes, it was really worth it. Because first of all, I got so many um, positive feedbacks from the Brazilians saying, you know, Anna, thank you so much for making this available for us. We could never uh, do this if it wasn't for you. First of all, we don't understand English. We don't. We didn't, we didn't know all these people that you showed us. You know, we didn't have access to all these people. So it was really worth it. And I, some of other people also asked me, Anna, in the Congress, you didn't show off a lot about yourself. And I said, you know, this is not about Anna. The Congress is about biotensegrity. This is about all these people that are studying biotensegrity for such a long time. So it's about biotensegrity. It's not about Anna Otsubo. Um, it was funny to, to, to answer this question because I, I never stopped to, to think about, well, I want to make this Congress about myself. I never thought about that, you know. I always no, want I, Of course you didn't. You're just, yeah. you're just not that sort of person. So, but I want to, I want to use this podcast a little bit to just make sure that people know about your beautiful work, because we've been talking for the last couple of years about doing some clinical research together. And I can't wait for, I mean, lockdown shifted our focus a little bit, but we'll, we'll get back to it. Um, but the work you do with the fascia connectors, I absolutely love. And do you, can you talk about that? Because I was kind of expecting more of that in the Congress. And I, I totally see what you're saying. And I, I also want to honor the people in Brazil who know a great deal about fascia. I mean, Fonseca, my goodness me, where he was in um, Washington and he was in the IFRC. Turvey and Fonseca's research into haptic perception is just superb. I mean, this is up with MIT. It's the highest standard of you know peer-reviewed gold standard research. So mm -hmm. I the way you managed to bring this highly intellectual peer-reviewed research paired with individuals who could then make it make it moving it, it, I just it, I just it blew my mind the way you did that and I thought you would use your own movement classes much more because that made sense you know but you didn't so and I can imagine that you probably couldn't have either because there was just so much work involved I remember you know just you saying to me I've got to get all these videos in advance because we want a combination of live and, a, and and all the restrictions of translation but just setting the congress aside for a nanosecond we'll come back to it in your everyday life the fascia connectors have now become we see you on Instagram they've become the theme of your classwork haven't they Yes, yes. Fascia Connector was created by me after my first um, fascia training course. I, I took the, the fascia training course and after it, I'm like, how am I translating this into my classes with my students? How are they going to understand what is fascia? So I came up with a tissue and uh, little by little, I was getting more intimate with, with the fascia connector and with all the possibilities that it can create. 
And I realized that through my classes using the fascia connector, the client was able to understand and more important to feel how how fascia is, you know, how can I understand and feel fascia in my body through movement? So it's a very, uh, it's a tool that will help us in this way. And another thing that I found out using it with my clients was that for those clients that were afraid of moving, you know, it was a, a safety tool for them. When they were wrapping with the fascia connector, they would move in a safe way and they were actually able to move. I have lots of clients that are uh, like uh, post-surgical from um, their spine and they, they come and they are afraid of moving, but they were able to move with a fascia connector and they were telling me, I feel safe with this and I can move with this. So this is how I created the fascia connector mostly because of my need to make it accessible for people to feel how is fascia moving your body, number one. And number two, I realized with the feedback from my clients that it's a great tool to work with the safety skills. I just applaud you. It's beautiful. And I, I can't endorse it more because the, you know, the, the tubes that I used on the cover of my book were I, it, what I found whenever I'm working with people is that, that it's a metaphor. It was originally it was a visual metaphor, but then mm -hmm. I realized it was a sensory metaphor for what's exactly. going on on the inside is what's going on on the outside. And suddenly I had teachers saying to me, oh, my God, I can feel the feedback. And they found that so useful to translate into their teaching. And although it was yoga rather than Pilates, but then and then also with Marta Sotiras, who I can't wait to have on the podcast it, with her work, doing it slightly differently again. So there's these different interpretations. But I think that we're all so focused on the sensory awareness and, and the, the haptic perception, as it's called, of our own inner feedback that we're bringing this beautiful feminine element back into the fact that the feeling is the sensory awareness the subtle tuning gives you that sense that you're not fragile and you you may feel broken post-surgery or you may feel broken post-injury but that's something that you can almost be hugged and over this lockdown I've I've had the experience of people saying to me oh it feels like I'm being hugged it feels like I'm as you said safe and that reassurance when when people are working alone um it, it just it's it's an, it's another whole it's another whole podcast mm -hmm. but i you didn't use the the summit as a vehicle for all of that which you really could have done um but i just want to say thank you on, on behalf of all the people that you called together to to present their work because that's the other side of what you did you you introduced all of those people that people might not otherwise meet, as you say, if they don't have the money to learn the language or the money to go to the country or the fortune to have a second language. I, 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 you said something, Anna, that really, really moved me. You said on the last um, clinical panel, you just said, the inspiration to bring this to my people. That's what you said. Yeah. And I just sat there and I thought, Oh my goodness. Brava, Anna. Brava. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel very fortunate to be able to do this. 
fortunately, my like my, my background, I, I always have the opportunity to study, to go abroad because of my family here. But I know that in Brazil, not everybody has this opportunity. So for me now to be in this uh, position of being able to, to, to spread the word and give this opportunity to other people, it, it's really something that makes me feel deeply happy in my heart. That's, that's what moves me in my profession, you know, being able to be this vehicle of doing this bridge. And I think I learned this with my father. I always learned my father's oh, thing. We have to, to be able to share everything that we have with other people. So I, I think I got this from, from my family. I'm so moved, Anna. I, 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 I can't even tell you. I, the, the second edition of my book was dedicated to my dad. And it, it starts, thank you for giving me my love of learning by yeah. teaching me. I learned to love. And I, I'm afraid I think love's got everything to do with it because it's your passion for what you do, your love of serving people and making a difference, but also now serving people to serve people, to make a bigger difference to more people. I mean, that's the essence of the web, the collective that we're connected by, the connective tissue. And I just want to say on behalf of everybody that you facilitated, thank you. And thank you. I was so thrilled to be part of it. And I want to thank Selena Huang, who I also met in, in uh, Vancouver for presenting my work so beautifully. She did such a lovely job of that. And, and everybody. I mean, it's not for me to thank them, but it is for me to thank you. And I, I just think you're, you're a blessing. So from one heart-centered practitioner to another. <laughs> I just want you to know that you are such a great big loving help in this um, congress you were extremely important for me your support over in the congress was extremely important and i i i can feel all the good energy and all the love that you had put into the congress with me helping me um, do this available for everybody so i thank you because you are joe a big inspiration in my life and I, I really thank the day I met you in Vancouver because I was looking for, you don't know this, but I was looking forward to, to meet you in person because I already have read your books. I was following you on Facebook and I was so happy that day that I could meet you in person. And this is why I brought you the little necklace because I want to, to show my gratitude for you on that day. I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I just, you know, when you write, you don't write for an end. Well, maybe you do, but I don't. I wrote, something came through me. You're going to understand what I mean. I know you are. It was as if, you know, when somebody said to me once, what is the difference for you between, I was teaching archetypes because I talk about the archetypes of the fascia and the archetypes of people. And I was doing this course and I studied with Carolyn Mason and, um, I, somebody said to me, I was talking about the victim archetype. We all have the victim archetype. And how can we transform that into the victor? It's the back and front of the same coin. Mm -hmm. And somebody said to me, what's the difference between arrogance and self-esteem? What's the difference between claiming who you are, like very loud, I am 
da 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 da. And the self-esteem that comes from knowing that you're okay, knowing that you can make a difference because you have to own that to do what you've just done. If you didn't believe in yourself, Anna, you could not have done what you've just done with that Congress. Yeah, you just couldn't. Yeah. And, and that's where I love that you brought your dad in. And the point of saying this is that I sat there with that question because I didn't have a clue, not a clue. I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to say to this? And then I did what I do. I sat very quietly and I asked, I asked spirit. What's the difference between arrogance and self-esteem? And this voice came in and this voice said, volume, volume. Mm -hmm. And you didn't need to shout Anna all over that Congress. You just made damn sure that everybody else had a platform. That's what you really did. Mm -hmm. And you had the self-esteem to know that you knew how to join the dots to make a difference to them. It wasn't about you. So you then call in the other people that helped you behind the scenes because it wasn't about them either. And that book got written. It kind of wrote itself and it took a, a, I was going to say a team, but Karen Kirkness says it takes an army. It takes a collective. (laughs) And that's what I love. And, and as we finish with is just thank you because that necklace symbolized that we're all joined together and we're all in a collective. And, you are a blessing. You thank really you. are a blessing. And I thank you. I thank the day that you joined those dots in my hands. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Joe. Thank you. Um, I, I, I even told my father, I said, you know what? I am going to be interviewed in the podcast by that lady that once I told you I wanted to meet. So now I'm here with you. So I'm very, very. <laughs> I'm going. To... I just—it feels like an honor. I'm sitting here with the, with the queen of the Brazilian Congress, and she's saying she's grateful to me. It's like seriously, I just thank you. I can't. I don't know. Let's just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you <laughs> know you one so of much. my spiritual teachers says there's only one prayer? Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And that's the prayer. And what is it in, in Portuguese? Obrigada. Obrigada, yes. Obrigada. With a R. Is it a R? Rada. Obrigada. Obrigada. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm going to call this. I am going to call this podcast episode Obrigada. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. Right. Bye. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye.